Thanks for downloading episode 98 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Roberts on the edge of the box. Was that a free kick against the Nalsimeo? It is. More dangerous moments here for the Shrimps and a yellow card for the Morecambe Central defender as well. We, we are in the last minute of the first half here at Fry Park. It's Derby nil, Morecambe nil. Shrimps live on Beyond Radio, but a very dangerous free kick for Derby right on the edge of the Shrimps penalty area. It's laid into the path of McGoldrick who curls it deliciously into Connor Ripley's bottom corner to open the scoring for the Rams right on the stroke of half-time. A fantastic finish, you have to say, and all of Morecambe's hard work in this first half to keep the back door shut has come to nothing. Laid off, 20 yards out, curled it beautifully into the bottom corner to make it Derby County 1, Morecambe 0. I said that to you before, didn't I? It was almost a carbon copy of the free kick where I thought he might have had a shot on goal before. Uh, he decided not to this time, he changed it around, nice little layoff from Horahan and yeah, he's got the quality to find the back of the net from there as McGoldrick and he does it in superb style. Here come Derby, they're in the left hand side of the box, pulling it back, it might fall for Mendes, Langer's going to flick it into the six yard box and David McGoldrick doubles Derby's advantage. 90 seconds after the restart, we were undone down that left-hand side, the cross came in, it fell at the back post to Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. He could have had a shot from a tight angle, but he didn't panic, he just looped the ball back to the six-yard box. And there's David McGoldrick, he scored on the stroke of half-time, and he scored just after the restart too for his 14th of the campaign to make it Derby County 2, Morecambe nil. good goal. Yeah, really well worked for it. Again, really avoidable. Donald Love should get there and should clear it. Gives the opportunity for the, the lad to run down the left-hand side. Tomeo gets a touch on it. And then a ball back in by Mendes line to where McGoldrick was quite easy, wasn't it, to pick him out. It's going to be whipped in. Uh, left-footed heads go up at the back post now. Gibson just about gets half a toe on that. It's going to be a penalty. It's going from bad to worse here for the Shrimps. Tripped by Denal Simeo on the back post and the referee, no hesitation, points to the spot and it's all unravelling for Morecambe in the opening first few minutes of the second half. Yeah, he's having a bit of a torrid afternoon, isn't he? Or a torrid last ten minutes or so in this game uh, is Simeo, obviously at fault for the first one to give away the free kick. Gets a foot on that one, that takes it away from the defence for the second one and now concedes a penalty. It looks rather soft. Now, Connor Ripley saved two penalties in the reverse fixture at the Mazuma Stadium. He saved five of the six he's faced in open play this season. And one of the penalties he saved in the reverse fixture at the Mazuma was against David McGoldrick, who's stepping up to take this spot kick. And this is for his hat-trick. McGoldrick against Ripley, sends the keeper the wrong way. Into the top corner it goes. It's a hat-trick for the veteran striker David McGoldrick on his return to the side after injury. 
and Derby have shown their class in the first few minutes after half-time. They've scored twice in the first five minutes. Penalty awarded for a trip on James Collins by Dinal Semeu and David McGoldrick does the rest to make it Derby County 3, Morecambe nil, a mountain to climb for the Shrimps. Well that was emphatic wasn't it Davey, he obviously wasn't getting into the head that he, he missed one previously as he just touched on as he stepped up to it but even if Conor Ripley would have went the right way I don't think he would have saved it. That was unsavable, that was a great penalty right into the right into the, into the the stanchion at the back of the goal. McGoldrick dancing his way into the penalty area, is it tripped there by Farron Rawson, he is tripped and that is the second penalty of this second half awarded to the Rams. McGoldrick dancing his way into the penalty area, we couldn't live with him, Rawson takes it down and there's a chance for the Rams to score a fourth goal here this afternoon. Well, yeah, that was a definite penalty. There was no two ways about that, but really poor play from Semeu. He's not really had a, a great afternoon in terms of the four big moments in this game, in all fairness, uh, but really poor. And yeah, he's had to come back and make the challenge there, Rawson. Uh, it looks like they give the ball to David McGoldrick and he's given it to Collins and said, on you go, son, your turn. Collins against Ripley from the spot. Ripley that time goes the right way, but it was too far in the corner. James Collins scores emphatically from the spot after McGoldrick had been tripped inside the area by Farron Rawson. And on 66 minutes, Derby County 4, Morecambe nil. Here comes Craig for size for the central defender. Gets him into the feet of Jason Knight. Lovely, lovely feet inside the box. And then just rolls it into the far corner for 5 nil. And we were just cut open there through the middle. Lovely play by Craig for size. Marauding forward from central defence. Inside to Jason Knight. Twinkle toes in the box. And he rolls it into the corner. And on 69 minutes, it's Derby County 5, Morecambe nil. Dave, I'll be honest, that was nothing short of outstanding, that, to be quite honest with you. The quality that he's shown there to uh, get away from his man, touch it into his path again, it's just outstanding football, really. Yeah, that's so nice, and you got to feel for Conor Ripley. Probably doesn't deserve to be on the, the wrong side of a 5-0 scoreline. He's had absolutely no chance with any of the goals, and that one he just left stood there as the ball trickled into his bottom right-hand corner, but that's outstanding, that, from Jason Knight. You've got to give him credit. He just showed composure, neat feet inside the box. And then just rolls it, looking at the iFollow replay, just rolls it, calm as you like, into the far corner. Pride Park is absolutely rocking. And rightly so. Derby County 5, Morecambe nil. Shrimps live on Beyond Radio. And an afternoon to forget the Derek Adams men. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. And it's a goal kick and you think that will be that. It is that. Referee puts the whistle to his lips. And that ends a miserable afternoon here at Pride Park for the Shrimps. We defended really well for the first 44 minutes. We then conceded a cheap free kick on the edge of the area, which was tapped to David McGoldrick. And he curled it into Connor, to Connor Ripley's far corner to give Derby the lead right on the stroke of half-time. And then in just a few second half minutes after the restart, it all fell apart for Derek Adams' men. It was 2-0 on 47 minutes. We didn't clear it down the left-hand side. The cross came in. Mendes Lang whipped it back from the right wing. And there was McGoldrick to steer it home from the edge of the six-yard box. It was 3-0 two minutes later. A penalty awarded for a trip by Denal Simeu. Dispatched emphatically from McGoldrick for Ditsy's hat-trick and his 15th goal of the season for the Rams. 
Ripley came to the Shrimps rescue on numerous occasions as the second half wore on. They made it 4-0 uh, on 65 minutes. Another penalty, this time Rawson tripping McGoldrick in the box. Collins dispatching the spot kick and a lovely piece of footwork from Jason Knight, the Derby County midfielder, 20 minutes from time, finding the bottom corner of Ripley's net uh, to compound the Shrimps' misery. So it's a 5-0 defeat here at Pride Park. The goal difference which would work to get back to negative single figures last week against Bristol Rovers has disappeared again. Ryan Daly, former head of media and communications on Shrimps Live this afternoon, sum that one up for us if you can. Yeah, I think it was a really harsh reality of what the top end of League One looks like, they're a clinical outfit. After 44 and a half minutes, you think going in 1-0 down is really harsh, and it really was. Uh, but second half, the, the first two or three minutes of that second half, it was it was the David McGoldrick show, wasn't it? He, he came on, and, uh, sorry, he picked up where he left off in the first half and produced some wonderful moments of brilliance by a centre forward he was there in the right place and to knock the ball into an empty net to make it 2-0 and, and in fact penalty to, to get his third and it was about damage limitations then wasn't it two goals probably one really brilliant piece of play in the box from Jason Knight to sidestep his man and then put the ball in the back of the net and then all of a sudden uh, another penalty gets awarded which I think it was uh, and then he, James Collins puts that away but, but unfortunate you take these days on the chin lovely day out unfortunate that the result's not gone away but sometimes those are the hard lines in football Is that going to frustrate Derek Adams more than anything else do you think? Two penalties and a free kick on the edge of the box which was a, a cheap one to give away and having defended so well for the first 44 and a half minutes of the first half just one save to Connor Ripley to make pretty routine low down to his right hand side to concede that goal it puts a different complexion on things going into half time yeah definitely I think it was it's Derek will come out and say well it was it was our own troubles that basically contributed towards us losing that today it was two moments of brilliance um, the free kick and the obviously the bit of play uh, which led to tonight's scoring but apart from that they, they were three set pieces really the other goal so yeah it was one of them things you've you got to take it on the chin and hopefully like you said it, it, it wasn't a game that's going to define Morgan's season it's these games against your Fleetwood your Burtons your Charlton's your Cheltenham's your Green Rovers next Saturday exactly they're the, they're the games where you, you need to be picking up points and like you said you go again next Saturday against Forest Green who uh, uh, come up the wrong side of a scoreline again today shows the golf in League One though doesn't it the haves and the have-nots we've seen it with Sheffield Wednesday we've seen it with Ipswich very recently we've now seen it with with Derby they are a quality outfit it's going to be some battle at the top of the table for the two automatic promotion spots it's ridiculous like it's absolutely ridiculous it? it's, it's unheard of really the money that's being spent in this yeah. division uh, especially at the top of this table you look at your, your like you said your Sheffield Wednesdays your Ipswich your Derbys your whatevers they're, they're the teams that are going to um, get promoted from this division whether it's this season or next and the money's going to continue to get spent Derby will end up spending more money in the summer if they yeah. don't, don't go up yeah. granted that's it that's fair enough they've got the money they deserve to spend it but Morecambe fans have got to not lose sight of where they come from and what they're going through obviously the club situation in terms of their own financial uh, stability whatever's going to come out for that obviously yeah. we all hope for a positive of resolution course. of course but if you come into grounds like this sometimes you're half expecting a result like this obviously you don't want it to happen but forget about it go away pick yourself up your bread and butter is your forest greens next week
Some big games coming down the track, Ryan. Uh, starts next Saturday. Forest Green Rovers have lost to Peterborough United this afternoon. Uh, rock bottom of the table. They've got nothing to lose, but it, we're now back in the bottom four ourselves. In fact, Fleet would have just equalised in stoppage time to put Burton Albion back in the bottom four, so it looks very much as if we are going to end that day. In fact, I think Fleet would have gone on to win the game, perhaps, there. Um, I'll have to have a look. Let's have a look. Let's just flip that one back a second. Because Burton Albion were... Uh, no, Burton have gone on and scored again in the 96th minute. Charlie wow. Kirk has just scored. Um, to, to and that just shows how tight it is at the bottom end of the table we've got what six seven eight clubs battling to stay above that bottom four plenty of twists and turns to come but Forest Green Rovers next Saturday Ryan it's as six pointery as it gets yeah 100% these are the games that you have to be winning as I said you're at least getting something from but on home soil the way that Mark have been playing at home of lately would not surprise me if they go and put Fleet, uh, Forest Green to the sword a uh, couple of goals in the first half a couple of goals in the second might be quite nice but they're a team that are still trying to work out what their best formation is what their best team is a manager that's in his first managerial job yeah. sometimes you always say oh well that new manager bounce you haven't had it yet so you're hoping it doesn't start next weekend and we need to not lose sight of that Ryan I suppose finally don't we it's the fact that we are eight unbeaten at the Mizuma we've won four on the spin at home uh, we are a different animal at home than we are away and we, we, we can't lose sight of the fact that we've come so, since Boxing Day since that disappointing defeat against Port Vale look how far we've come there was between the fan base there was, there was not much hope we would get out of trouble after Boxing Day now we have a fighting chance and we need to, to hang on to that fact yeah and I think some of the signings that have been made as well will play pivotal uh, you look at Dan Crowley he looks like an absolute little genius a little magician in the middle of the field uh, factor in that three man midfield with him Shaw and uh, Jensen Weir that could be a, a, a midfield that helps Morecambe stave off relegation this season you need Cole Stockton to start finding his form scoring more goals unfortunately he didn't really have much service today and when he did he, he tried to shoot from really ambitious angles which he wasn't probably going to score from but then you also you look at the unlucky side of it Kieran Phillips going back after really lighting up the, the, the kind of the the partnership that them two stuck yeah. together you need Arthur getting a few more games he wasn't great today I'll be, I'll be quite honest but you, you hope that uh, Mellon comes in and starts scoring a few goals you need players to start chipping in yeah. um, it's all well and good staying up by the skinny teeth but you want to do it convincingly you want to have that mm. awful away trip to exit as a party really yeah. on that final day but yeah I, I, like you said it starts next week with Forest Green uh, at the Mazoom and I'm sure uh, with, with that fantastic form that they've had on home south so far it'll be back to winning ways Ryan thanks for joining us on Shrimps Live this afternoon uh, we will uh, no, no doubt have you back on again very soon but uh, perhaps at home game uh, because you're an absolute jinx away from home yeah. now, so, so, so thanks for coming noted <laughs> yeah I mean up to half time you know I thought we did really well uh, in the game um, I thought that uh, our shape was very good I thought that uh, we competed you know well against Derby they got uh, a free kick uh, on the edge of the box and we didn't block it. Uh, it went in uh, at the corner, and uh, they get, you know, a head start in the game. Quite quickly after that, then after half time, uh, they get a goal, uh, a mistake by us, and then they get another penalty, uh, and then you know they followed that with, with, with two goals. But um, you know, our first half performance was very good. The second half, um, we couldn't do much about it because you know we had been three 0 down quite quickly into that second half and uh, Derby at that stage the, the tails are up they're at home um, you know the 
the home crowd are with them. Um, I didn't feel that we got some decisions from the referee that were right today. I think that um, a number of them weren't great. I'm not sure about the two penalties yet. I haven't seen them. I'll have to look back at them. But um, I don't think Derby had a player booked. Um, we had a lot of bookings in the game. And um, that's what happens when you come to uh, you know, a, a football club like this. The first goal was vital, wasn't it? You, you'd done so well to keep Derby out. They hadn't really shot a target until that first goal, then it just all changed. Yeah, we, we, we dealt well with the threat and um, we always know that they're going to get you know opportunities because um, of the position they are in the league and the size of club they are, they've just come down from the Championship. But um, you know, to, to lose the two goals into the second half, the one in half time from a free kick, the two penalty kicks, uh, and the two other goals that we conceded, um, you know, was you know disappointing for us. It's the second time this season, Derby, we've got two penalties against you. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit strange. Yeah, I thought that the two of them, I haven't seen them back, so I can't comment. But you know, just from where I was standing, they did look, you know, soft awards. There was some individual mistakes, uh, poor times, the second and third goals, maybe particularly. And a lot for your players to think about, probably, when they go home tonight. Yeah, I mean, we, we made a number of you know errors leading to the goals we could have done better at. Um, we had moments in the first half where um, we got into their final third with Adam Muir, Arthur Ganoa, uh, Crowley and Stockton, but um, we just weren't able to you know get the better of them today. We've come on up a team against a team that uh, you know have uh, been in the championship and uh, they are where they are because they probably should be higher up the leagues. It's strange few weeks. Home, you've scored five twice. Away, you've conceded four and five. It's consistency is the key, isn't it? Yeah, finance is the key as well. You know, if we had the budget that uh, Derby County had, then you know they should be beating us by the margin that they're beating us. Probably more than that. But um, you know, we kept them at bay at home, uh, away from home. We find it difficult because. Listen, it's it's difficult coming to these venues and trying to get uh, results. Results around you today. Forest Green, we say it's time and time again, you're at home next week. It's a big, big game, isn't it, against Big Duncan's team? Listen, games are always big. Uh, it doesn't matter what time of the season it is. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, we put uh, a home run of form together that uh, is eight undefeated, and uh, we want to continue that. For those who don't watch more can week in, week out, how can you explain the home and away form difference? How, is there anything you can put your finger on? I just think it's very difficult to come away to, to, to venues. Sometimes you don't get uh, the the decisions that go with you. The run of the ball uh, sometimes doesn't you know, go with you. We haven't had a penalty this season, not one penalty. And uh, we, we are and have been due penalty kicks, but uh, unfortunately for us, uh, we just don't get them. Very different game for Dan Crowley today, wasn't it? For him to try and even get a mark on the game. Yeah, it was hard because he was playing in a different role today because uh, Derby play in a certain way that you, you have to try and uh, stop them, uh, we did that and then you've got to try and get you know, our creative players on the, the pitch, we probably had you know, a lot more creative players on the pitch than we've had uh, in recent weeks and that sometimes doesn't always work for you. Looking at your squad now after the, uh, the transfer deadline are you happy with what you've got, are you still looking to maybe bring a free agent in? Yeah we're still looking to bring in uh, because we need to to add to the squad, um, we've got 22 uh, at this moment in time. We would like to, to, you know, add another one to that. 
It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks so much as ever for downloading this episode. Always available, of course, on Apple, Google, Spotify. Simply search the Shrimps Verdict. You can also listen via your smart speaker, ask it to play the Shrimps Verdict podcast, and it will stream the very latest episode. And, of course, the fullback catalogue, also online at the podcast section at beyondradio.co.uk. So onwards we go then, and a vital game back at the Mazuma Stadium on Saturday. A six-pointer, if ever there was one, as Forest Green Rovers come to town. We are putting our eight-game unbeaten home run to the test, and it's going to be an exciting afternoon ahead, that's for sure. If you're not heading down to the game, of course, full match commentary as ever on Shrimps Live or Beyond Beyond Radio on FM and DAB Plus from 2.45, and a few minutes later on I Follow Shrimps. Look forward to your company if you're not heading down. Uh, but ahead of the game, I've been talking to Josh Evans. Josh is the Forest Green Rovers reporter for Gloucestershire Live, local paper and website down in Stroud. He's also the match day summariser for Forest Green Rovers for BBC Radio Gloucestershire. And the ideal man then to get the full lowdown on Duncan Ferguson's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. Uh, so, Josh, thanks for, for jumping on our, our podcast. Now, you follow Forest Green Rovers home and away, you report on them. Uh, you are the man to tell us everything we need to know about Duncan Ferguson's Forest Green Rovers. What about that for a managerial appointment, firstly? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a delightful um, uh, appointment, to be honest. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I, when I saw it. Um, got a couple of words earlier in the day, and Duncan Ferguson coming down to, to Stroud, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, didn't believe it at first, but you, then you start seeing all the all the news reports, the, the odd slashing and... And suddenly you think, oh, Duncan Ferguson's actually going to come to Forest Green. It, it's a massive coup for the club. Um, just shows their ambition and their investment to, to be able to get someone like Duncan Ferguson down. It's 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 a brilliant step in the right direction, I think. Forest Green are really showing that ambition. It's just about staying in League One now. His first managerial post, it's it's a big risk, but so would staying virtual. So there's been a lot of turnover in, in terms of activity and transfers and Duncan Ferguson's now going to work with the players to be able to get something from it. So Ian Birchnell then, Josh, was he given enough time or, or was the job a bit too big or bigger than what he, he thought it might be? I think that's what he alluded to in his in his leaving statement. So very dignified it was too. But uh, why did it go wrong for Ian, firstly? Um, interesting one, because I, I did write a piece about it not so long ago, so... In terms of where it went wrong, I think he did have enough time. Um, he had a lot of time to, to be able to change things. Dale Vince even said in the BBC radio interview that he didn't have any more time to give. So that's kind of what the stage it got to. And to be honest, you, you do look at it and say he's had nearly 30 games to try and stamp his own authority. Maybe he didn't have, he only had three games with the new players since they bought them in. But he had one positive result against Exeter. Don't get me wrong. It was a very good point on the road away against Exeter and they'll be really happy to take a point. But then the two results after that, especially Bolton playing against 10 men, the, the game completely changed and going to Bolton, it's, it's never going to be an easy task. Coming away with um, a point from that game might have might have looked okay. But considering the, the stage in the game, you, you do think to yourself, they really should have put some more pressure on, maybe should have gone and got a goal. And I think that was just the the end for, for Birch on that night. He, he was a bit dejected after that and yeah, the next day he was gone. It had all happened so fast. 
Now, your owner uh, uh, does seem to back managers historically. He's given, am I right in saying he's given Duncan Ferguson a contract until 2028? So that's uh, something of a, a statement of intent. Absolutely. It could be a case that he's he's also, he likes what he sees in Duncan. He also thinks that Duncan might go on to bigger and better things. It's a stepping stone sort of thing. So he's put, put in a, a big contract to be able to keep him or keep the compensation high, maybe. But it also is a statement of intent, like you say, you've got to have the money to be able to to pay him for five years and pay the money that he's most likely to be on because there's no way that he's coming down here and um, being on a, a small wage. He, he gets back to the transfer market. He one, one minute he's tipped for the Everton job and one minute he's down in, in Stroud for Forest Green. So it, it, really interesting to, to have a name like that come down. Um, he's done a lot in the game and you, you respect everything that he's done in the game. It's, just such a challenge and it's such an exciting challenge for for Duncan Ferguson to take on and for me to report on as well the fans are so so intrigued to see what's going to happen now and he's got uh, something of a, a task on his hands Josh to say the least yeah bottom of the table he he's still learning names it's a bit of a surreal when you you, you kind of go into to Duncan and and coming up with certain because it's it's almost like um a sports of watch more so far this season. We're we're used to to certain patterns of play, certain players playing in positions, and Duncan's coming at it with a completely fresh impetus and fresh energy. He's got new ideas. Uh, had to take a little bit of advice from the from the staff around him for the Shrewsbury game, I think, because he only literally had one day on the training ground. But um having taken that advice and and coming into into now the getting to know the players, getting to know their qualities, and hopefully just knits together a side that has. I think what you will want is a lot of leaders, a lot of people on the pitch who can take the responsibility. I think that'll be a big part of his play. Um, and then he emphasised yesterday in the press conference how much tactical now that he wants to get on on board and in the Forest Green place. It just depends how quickly they can take everything on board because you look at the table and you think uh, the time is is beginning to run out, but at the same time, you've got to, you've got to appreciate there's still 17 games left in this season. And slight caveat, we are, we are speaking before the our respective weekend uh, games. So uh, by the time people listen to this, Duncan Ferguson may well have his first winners for his Green Rovers manager under his belt. It, look, it looked for so long, though, against Shrewsbury as if uh, he, he was going to start with three points. And well, it all fell apart in stoppage time, really, didn't it? Yeah, and it's... It's almost too familiar a story that that you see with Forest Green this season, but under a completely different manager. So, um, I think that's twenty one points from winning positions that we've that we've let go this season. So that that stat is not a good one at all. If you go down at the end of a season, that's the kind of stat that you point to and you say that's not good at all. So something has to to be adapted. Something has to change. Um, little bit of a soft underbelly at times, and you kind of felt that. I think even. Duncan alluded to them folding as such in in the 94th and 98th minute. Um, but they played so well. The, the, the performance levels were so good. Um, they deserve to, to probably go to Shrewsbury and, and win the game. And that's not what a lot of teams will be able to go and do, especially in the form that they were. They were flying with the goals tally and just so unfortunate that it, it turned around in the way that it did. It's one of those, I suppose, isn't it? Where where, where you down when you're down the bottom, it doesn't matter what division you're in. When you're down the bottom, things just don't go your way. You don't get the rub of the green that perhaps you deserve. 
it, it goes wider and it, it should go in and, and, and all sorts of things happen. And I think we found that a lot this season as well. We, we've been well in games. We, we've probably been the better team in some games and then we've gone on to lose because we've not quite had that certain five, 10 percent that you need to to, to, to get over the line. So uh, I suppose from your point of view, Duncan Ferguson, you're hoping he's, if nothing else, he's going to give you that extra 10 percent that's going to get you over the line. Yeah, and sometimes it, it comes from the sidelines, doesn't it? Sometimes you, the players, they're on the pitch, they they look to the sideline for that little bit of extra impetus, a little bit of extra energy. And I suppose Duncan Ferguson, being a new manager, you hope to get that new manager bounce. You, you hope that he does offer that sort of presence, the the kind of the push to the next level. Maybe that's what the players need. They, they need that, that new face, maybe not seeing the, the same sort of energy flowing through the group all the time and, and maybe Duncan Fuchs and all that he's achieved in the game can can provide that. So we're just past the halfway point in the season. How how have you found, I'm obviously lead position aside, of course, how has the League One overall adventure been so far? Some of the grounds have been brilliant. Absolutely. Um, going to Derby uh, uh, a month, wow. Well, month and a half ago now that in a really good stage back-to-back wins you go to Derby and you think enjoy the experience enjoy the occasion um with a with on with two back-to-back wins as well so um but that was such a, a damaging day obviously yeah like you said the results I think it's winless and eight now so in the league um that's not not by any means a, a great start you just, you've got to enjoy the occasion at the same time some of the grounds that, that you go to in league one especially this season is is, is brilliant so if you don't enjoy the occasion um, when you go to these grounds, and then the league is almost there's no point being in this league. Sometimes you you don't mind winning every week in in League Two, like like they're so used to winning last season. A uh, very good squad as well. Coming up to League One, it's it's never going to be the same the same sort of sort of thing. The, the chairman has really high hopes and to, to scaling and going through to the championship, but it's it's such a step by step process, and I think the fans do want to appreciate that. They just also need to keep a lid on things and just being able to stay in the division would be would be brilliant this season it's, it's going to be a monumental task and hopefully Duncan Ferguson can galvanize the group enough so let's do the maths then Josh I reckon you need somewhere approaching maybe a point and a half 1.6 points a game to to get to that what we're going to say this season, 47, 48 points, maybe. Well, it's the magical 50 first and foremost, isn't it? But I think it will be probably a few less this season. You've got to find at least 24, 25 more points from somewhere. Where are they going to come from? It's a, it's a very good question. It is the million-dollar question, is it? Where are the points going to come from? I think we've still got five of the top six left to play. I think teams around us have got similar numbers, but you do point to that stage where I think we have got six games in a row. They're going to be very... Difficult six games in a row. And then after that, we've got four games left to go and a couple of sides around Cambridge, Cheltenham uh, away is going to be a big occasion for us. So um, getting to that stage and still being in touching distance might be the key, but how many points do you pick up in that stage? Like you said, I think it will be towards the 47-48 mark this season. You've got teams at the top who are absolutely flying. So that does tend to take the points level down a little bit. It's just whether they can pick up those results, twenty-five points in in seventeen games is is form that you don't see from a side bottom of the table, is it? On the whole, so it is going to be interesting. Have they got the players to be able to to do it? It's, it's certainly an interesting one. It's, it's certainly one that's going to be worth having a taking a look on 
uh, keeping an eye on for for most football fans to see whether Duncan Ferguson can actually do this. It'll be an incredible achievement, won't it? We'll talk about your, your, your actual squad you have in, in a second, Josh, if we may. I, I, you've touched on something now, which is, I think is, is crucial and it is all about staying in touch. And, and we can speak from experience last season. We were in the bottom four for about six months and try as we might, we could not get above the, the, that line. And we, when we won, everybody else around us won. When we lost, everybody else around it was it was so frustrating. And it took us until Easter Monday I think we were in the bottom four from the, from early October right the way through to Easter Monday. We won at Charlton and that got us above the, the bottom four line and we stayed there for the last few games of the season and, and we survived obviously on 42 points. So it is all about staying in touch. As long as you're four or five points away, there or thereabouts, I think you've got a chance. You can't let it get to eight, nine, ten points because then uh, psychologically, if nothing else, it becomes a heck of a lot more of a challenge. Absolutely that. And the games in hand at the moment uh, are very interesting to look at. So I think Accrington have got four games in hand on us and sit fourth from bottom. They're not going to win those all of those games by any means on, on the form that, that, that you tend to perceive with, with down at the bottom of the table. But you just imagine they take three points out of that and they go another step, step higher. So you don't, like you said, want to get it up to eight points. That is going to be such a mountain to climb towards the end of the season. And I think by the time that you get to that four games to go, you need to be in touch enough. So the confidence levels are also still there. They need to be able to go into those games and believe because at the end of the day, it could be a case that Cambridge and Cheltenham both also absolutely fight for their lives. So it's you need to stay in touch enough. And I think at one stage, I think we were we were winning a football game and we were going up four places or three or four places. That that is incredible how tight it can be down the bottom. And it's just a, another pointer to how crazy league one and EFL football generally is just tends to be it's been a in that regard it has been a ridiculous league one season uh so far it puts added pressure on both clubs then going into our game at the Mazuma on on Saturday Josh it is the the the, the, the cliched six pointer it's the it's almost the six pointer of six pointers isn't it, it you cannot afford to lose this if you win, you close the gap. If we win, we do start to cut you adrift. So there's loads and loads riding on this. Yeah, and Morecambe more on the sides that you looked earlier in the season, you thought that they, they're also not playing great football, but then they put together a run of, of back-to-back wins, three, four wins. And, and you think, have Forest Green actually got that in them to, to be able to do that? We're yet to see a stretch in that sort of um, winning gap. So have Forest Green actually got it in them to go and win three, four games on the bounce, that would take you to a, another level. And I think Morecambe have definitely found that lately. And I don't think Cole Stockton's had, had the best seasons, has he, in terms of the goal-scoring record. And, and that's what was so important in previous years. So that that extra goal-scorer, but putting together performances, stringing together performances, and Morecambe have been able to do it. Forest Green, have, they've rolled the dice. Can they Can they get something from it? It might just turn out well for them, but I felt like they had to do something. They had to change something. They couldn't keep going with the energy that they had. And after the Bolton game, it was it was a bit, little bit damaging. But the fresh energy can it can they put together those performances? It's going to be a six pointer at Morecambe, like you say. It's just going to be interesting to see whether what sort of formation, what sort of tactics he'll go with. Do they go for the for the win or do they contain until they get to a stage where they can try and score on the counter-attack? It's going to be an interesting one, no doubt. 
I can't really ask you about tactics and formation because I suppose you don't know. Nobody knows very much about a Duncan Ferguson team and how he's going to set up. But if you can, as as, as far as you can, Josh, give us an overview of uh, what you imagine uh, the team will broadly look like and, and everything else we need to know about uh, about the eleven that might take to the field. So yeah, Shrewsbury in the first game, we were unsure how it was going to. We initially we had a, a three at the back or a five at the back, including wing backs written down, but he actually came out with a 4-3-3 and Corey O'Keefe, um, he tends to be a right back or a right wing back, was playing right wing on um, on last Saturday. So that was something that caught us by surprise in the uh, in the commentator's box and just things like that. It, he can see qualities in a player that, that probably hasn't, they haven't actually been before. Um, I spoke to him about some of the managers that he's worked with, Ancelotti, Koeman, it's Big Sam, He's been a number two to all of these people and they are geniuses of the game sometimes, aren't they, at the, at the top level? So just bouncing ideas off them and, and just little just nuggets of information that he must have learned for, during that time to be able to come into a completely different scenario here, bottom of League One, to be able to come into a fighting challenge. Um, tactically, it's it's difficult to know what's going to be a setup. 4-3-3 looks to be the way that he wants to go. Um We've bought players uh, at the start of the season that tended to be right uh, right wing backs or left wing backs or suit a particular system. But he looks set on a four three three, I believe, and it's going to be so important to to keep that defensive structure so so strong throughout. Who are the players then that we need to be wary of? Jordan Garrick has been brilliant since he's uh, touched down at in Strouded. Brilliant goal against Shrewsbury that, that might have been doing the rounds on on, on Sky Sports News as well. So um, he's certainly one to look forward to. He's somebody who just gets that extra bit of excitement in the fans. He has a brilliant right foot, cuts inside, but also when the ball's on the other side, he's still in the game. He, he's still active. Scored a goal against Exeter where it was exactly the same thing. Jamie Robson has been brilliant. New signing left left back. He, his, his runs down the left have been absolutely brilliant. Just so forward thinking, and sometimes he's uh, just needs that protection a little bit more with uh, with Garrick on that side as well. But going forward, he's been brilliant. And Bakayoko is an interesting signing. Hasn't really uh, didn't hit the ground running when he returned to Bolton. And um, his touch wasn't wasn't the best at times, and just found himself a little bit isolated. But he really really fancied it against Shrewsbury and he was a real impact, a real player. If, if for example, the, the ball was going forward and the defenders weren't getting a clean header on it, that just helps the team push up the pitch. He was he was that presence that was needed and just needs a goal, I think, to, to get him off the mark for, for Forest Green and you might be able to see a few more roll then. Especially when you you lose Connor Wickham, you lose Jamil, Matt, Matty Stevens called loads of goals during times gone by. So uh, they're big players that, that they did replacing with with quality. Exactly that, and I think they've rolled dice a little bit in the uh, in the forward areas. Obviously, going with with Bakayoko, um, Tyree Somatoye, and uh, Jamari Clark, three players who are all new to the club. Uh, Jamari Clark's a, uh, an exciting talent, but at the same time, I think. It would have been safer to have Matty Stevens around. You, you definitely know you've you've got some sort of you got a player who's done it at League Two level and can once he's up to fitness um, be that talent. But he wanted first team football at the end of the day, and I don't think the club wanted to stand in the way of his his passion to to go and play football. He's he's still a young lad and still wants to return from 
from injury to, to be the best player that you possibly can. So they, they have taken a risk with the forwards that they've gone with, but it's it's interesting. Jamil Matt, I don't think, wanted to, to to be around. He wanted to return to, to Warsaw and really kick kick off his career again. And it just hasn't had the, the best of seasons, a, a little uh, verbal uh, with with the, the the south stand at one point just didn't really help the the atmosphere in the group. I think it was just kind of all boiling over a little bit. I think Jamil Matt just wanted to to to, to have a new start. Club captain, don't get me wrong, um, he was still a brilliant club captain, and, and the fans when he left obviously gave him a lot of praise. He was brilliant for the club last season, but they've really rolled the dice and in the forward areas. It could be an interesting proposition. Let's put you on the spot then, Josh. Uh, I'm going to give you two predictions, if I may. Firstly, uh, Saturday, and uh, most importantly, because regardless of how it goes on Saturday, it won't it won't be a season defining result for e- for either club. It'd be a handy result, but it won't define our seasons. Uh, so Saturday, firstly, and uh, can you get the 24, 25 points that you need uh, to be a League One football club next season? Interesting to to know whether we can. Um... I still believe that Duncan Ferguson can get enough in the group to, to be able to change things. You you do think that things have to change. Um, but will they is, is the golden question. Um, if form is anything to suggest, you would say not. Um, but the optimism in, in you always believes that the, the side you, you, you report for, the side that you, you do a lot of work for, can actually do it. And it, it is moments like Shrewsbury where you do think... Oh, is that the moment? Are those the sort of moments that, that do send you down in, in a calendar year? But I still believe that, that Duncan Ferguson has it in him to try and change things. It's the quality of the players as well. Whether he has that is is another question. It'll be interesting to see after, now that we're into February and out of the transfer window, what squad he has got, whether he can turn them into, into a side that can stay up. But um, at Morecambe, I, I do believe that we can go there and, and get something. I, I do think it'll be a goals in the game sort of scenario. I do think it could be as much as 2-2. I think it could be a bit of a crazy game, uh, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure Duncan Ferguson will be too happy with it being too open, or but anything can happen in, in the relegation battles. It can be cagey, it can be open. I just have a feeling it could be a bit of a crazy one. Well, we are eight unbeaten at home. We've won the last four on the spin. 16 goals scored in our last five games. So, you know, this, uh, you, you're, arguably you're coming to us at the worst from your point of view, at the worst possible time. But I think you're right there, Josh. When it's a, a relegation battle dogfight game like, like, like it will be, then uh, anything can happen. So I'm, I'm excited personally. I think it, I think you're right. It could be quite an open game. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a long trip trip up for, for a lot of us, but we've got to make the most of it and we've um, got to give it a good go. It's, it's 90 minutes of football that they've got to try and leave everything out there and like you said earlier, I don't think we can afford for the for the points gap to to really stretch. Uh, a, a draw, like you said, won't define the season by any means um, for either side. But I don't think Forest Green, the position that they can can afford to go there and and, and lose, is my genuine opinion. And you'd much rather next season be going to Pride Park and Portman Road and Hillsborough uh, than uh, Stevenage, Crawley, Barrow all day long. That's that, that's your ultimate ambition, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and it's those little stadiums or those those stadiums in in League One that you do think to yourself you want to be there. You don't want to be in League Two. It's also 
being established in League One, you want to try and stay in this division as long as possible because eventually you, you do start to see a little bit more improvement time on time. Dalvin's definitely has the backing of his manager to be able to go and spend a little bit more than, than general League, League One, uh, lower League One sides. Um, but having that establishment in, in League One certainly offers that sort of stability as well. Whether Dale wants to move on eventually, um, it, it becomes a... A, a nicer proposition for, for a new buyer to take on as well so having that club in League One despite the size it's still a village club I think some of the fans just um, they do appreciate that uh, they do they do think to themselves League One it's almost caught, caught in the stars a little bit and um, yeah, same same with myself it, it, it's a brilliant task to take on League One um, you just want to stay in there as long as possible Josh, thanks so much for jumping on the pod. Really appreciate it. Uh, before you go, where can we uh, see your excellent work in print? Um, I'm a Gloucestershire Live reporter for Forest Green Rovers and uh, a BBC radio commentator. So you can follow me on Twitter, Josh Evans, and then three underscores. And uh, lots uh, to, you know, because you are the proper day-to-day Forest Green Rovers, man. You, you are in the club day in, day out. You, you, you get the proper, it's not just a, a casual match report and that's it for the week. It's the proper inside track, so uh, I suppose from that point of view, it's it's as good as it can get. Yeah, absolutely that, and it's been a busy January, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Yeah, 11 signings coming through the door and a change in manager, so in terms of um, the first January on the job, it's certainly been interesting winning the Forest Green, keeping me on my toes this much, and then um, long may it continue. Josh, looking forward to welcoming you and, and the rest of the team to the uh, the press deck at the Mazuma and looking forward to the game, however it unfolds on the pitch. Uh, thanks very much indeed uh, for jumping on the pod again. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll speak to you next time. Hopefully, we'll both still be in League One next season. Thank you very much, Dave. Pleasure to be on. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.